You're listening to the Fresh Tape Network. The following contest scheduled for one fall. I am the man. If you're the man, put the rock in pocket. What it is, what it do, welcome to Fresh Take, We Talk, One Fall Podcast, and I was waiting and never thought I'd be able to do this one, and by the way, Joshua Adam William Arathnot with the head of We Talk Podcast, the futurist, but even this futurist never predicted this, no. that Vince McMahon would be replaced on television and Jeff Jarrett would show up on that same television after what happened on Nitro um, and the Raw simulcast. But I never thought I'd be able to pull off this one, but Vince McMahon, you're fired! You think that's what Stephanie said to him? Because Lord knows when she came out there tonight. Friday night, SmackDown. I thought you really are your daughter's or your your father's daughter, aren't you? Like, yeah. Like her cadence was so exactly like his. So I think it was about two o'clock ish mountain time for us. Uh, Physic Man put out a tweet claiming uh, that he, that after 76 years, it is time to retire, then now forever together. Uh, obviously, this comes off the heels of the Wall Street Journal um, allegations against him, uh, the back-to-back uh, strings of allegations to him. There is uh, rumors of an HBO uh, Real Sports uh, story that is starting to come up. Um, Mon, I'll kind of go with this, but I don't know if this is as much a retirement. Is it's kind of a finger quote retirement we're letting you go out the right way you know people that listen to me do the run rundown you know we had this fury for television shows of all these uh million dollar companies we crap we uh we work and uh with the one with amanda siegfried and everything like that and all those ceos are kind of let out nicely uber as well the uber one they're kind of just let out and kind of given the dignity to retire from their companies instead of the, the whole public charade. And I think that's kind of where we are with Vince. And maybe we should have seen the writing on the wall because early this morning with WWE, Triple H, Paul Levesque was put back into his talent relations uh, side of things very, very quietly. Uh, John Laronitis has been fired and excelled from the company. And we'll see what criminal charges or jail time uh, from some of the allegations from those articles happened with him. But now we're, we are here, uh, and I don't know if a lot of that you on, but uh, with Stephanie McMahon and Nick Kahn are the co-CEOs and chairman of WWE. Paul Levesque is head of talent relations, and we do not have word who is head of creative, but you've heard the names Bruce Pritchard and Jeff Jarrett thrown around in those two positions, Mon. The most, when I think about the most surreal days, I mean, Owen's death, that was surreal, you know? Yeah. Um, obviously the Benoit thing was surreal. Yeah. You know, uh, this is up there. This is, this is just surreal. Like, it's just one of those things. I literally thought the guy would die in the, in his office or backstage at a show. 
still working, uh, yeah. you know, whatever it was. I, I never thought he would actually retire. And this is where, again, we come back to the whole, the allegations, what else is going to come out? Um, is there more to come out? There probably is. This is a very strange situation on so many levels, though. I mean, there's so much to unpack because we're not just talking about him leaving. We're talking about who's in charge. We're talking about uh, what's going to happen to the stock. We're talking about what's going to happen to with his television partners coming up. Yeah. You know, how are they going to take this? Uh, you know, all these, all these just butterfly effect of, of things Ownership. that... that we're going to be talking about this story for, I predict, well, easily the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, this is tonight we're going to go into, you know, a few different things, but the story itself is, is going to play out for so long. And the, 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 you know, the effects of this, you cannot understate or overstate uh, just how much this is going to change the industry. Yeah, it's uh, and it, it's hard. I think a lot of people have kind of struggled to, in some tweets and discussion. Um, obviously, these allegations are horrible from what we heard. Specifically, the second ones. You know, the first ones I heard people like, "Well, it's consensual," and yeah, yeah, an affair, yada yada yada, paid off an employee. So some people kind of turned a blind eye to that one. These latest allegations, it's kind of hard to turn to a blind eye, especially with rostered members and it doesn't matter if it's rostered members or not but you know that i think amplified where uh the allegations had led and we're just assuming that more is coming and the board had been looking into it um and it's just weird i mean my entire lifetime on it the, the i've i've seen bookers come and go i've seen chairmen come and go you know i saw ted turner come and go i've seen eric bischoff come and go paul Heyman technically come and go and come back into the fold right jeff jarrett as a promoter, come and go, right? Tony Khan is the one right there. Billy Corrigan's kind of doing his thing right now, but, and then the Crockett's, I mean, that, here's the crazy thing. The Crockett's are having a promotional show next week and Vince McMahon is gone. Like that, they that's a weird sentence They finally put him out too. of business. They finally put him out of business. Uh, they finally did it. Uh, there's so yeah, many weird crazy. sentences. If I would have told you the start of the year of, Jeff Jarrett will be in charge of something and Fitzgerald Man won't be part of the company. The Crockett's will have a show and Fitzgerald Man is like, what year is this? It's going on. But no, you, you talked about there's just a bunch of dominoes, right? As far as the business side, let's kind of uh, go there for a second, right? So you look at the business side of things and you're right. The stock, it's going to be interesting. I would not be shocked because it, it, depending what happens this weekend and what happens on early Monday, I would not be shocked because of where that show is if Vince shows up on Monday for his farewell and the last time he's on TV is MSG. And I say that too, of them maybe announcing that early to help the stock out, to have him in front of everybody and have that kind of rigmarole of, oh, he's still kind of there. He still matters a little bit of like his, you know, he's leaving it in good hands and whatever speech he does. And I just imagine if no major other allegations drop, he more than likely will say his goodbye at Madison Square Garden, the house that he and his father built for wrestling. There, there's, uh, I mean, that's a good point that is at MSG on Monday, and I could definitely see that happening. Mm -hmm. And yes, see that happening to help the stock. Regardless, the stock is going to crash. There's absolutely oh, yeah. no doubt about it. The, the, the stock is going to crash. And in fact, I'd buy some when it's low. 
you're because you're, it's going to come back up. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, this, that's the time to buy. Uh, it will eventually come back up. There's no question. But I don't know that. Uh, I think this is part of it. Is there's a there's a part of it with me that's like, okay, he's forced out because of possibly not retiring because he's ready to retire. That doesn't seem likely. He always said he was going to die in the chair. He always said that. And, and him changing his mind seems unlikely. So it probably is that he's being forced out in a nice way, given the golden parachute and the, the, the respect that, you know, they want to give him before these allegations fully uh, come out. I think part of me expects him back in a year, within a year. You know, I, yeah. I just, if, if these allegations come out and once the, it's like Hulk Hogan, we always knew he was going to come back, despite mm -hmm. how awful the things he said were, and they were terrible. We always knew the day would be when he'd come back. If these allegations come out and once they feel the storm is weathered, it would not surprise me to have him come back. The other thing is it wouldn't surprise me if it's like Donald Trump said, or he wasn't going to get rid of his businesses. He's just never going to talk business with his kids and they're gonna run the company. And we all know behind the scenes while he was the president, he was still making the calls. Yep. He was still, you know, he was still running the company. He was still talking to the kids and telling them. And there's also part of that. It's like, okay, you know, uh, he has, he's still very close with a lot of the people in major positions within the company. Just because he's not there, does that mean he's not in charge of both creative or the, or the actual company? Uh, how much of this is is just visual? Yeah, I mean, that's a question. I mean, we did see some stuff and hear some stuff tonight that we wouldn't normally hear, right? We heard Ring of Honor. We heard New Japan Wrestling. We heard Kenny Omega name drop. Now, should be noted, those three words were mentioned by Xavier Woods, mm -hmm. who I think kind of has carte blanche to do whatever he wants to do. But also, assuming he knows he's not going to get yelled at, because I don't think Hunter and Stephanie probably care as much about that stuff as Vince does, right? And that'll be interesting too, Juan, is the little things, right? Belts yeah. and match and fans and ambulance, all these weird words that were banned, wrestling. How much do Stephen, Hunter, Jeff, and Bruce really give a crap about that in the bigger scheme of things? I would think Bruce would care, you know, because yeah. he's just so... He's so far up Vince's butt that I don't think he knows any different anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, same with Kevin Dunn. Yeah, uh, you know, I think they would care. That was um, my question too, because we're sorry, we're all over the place, but there's so much. Um, there's just so much. Do we see a potential? Joel, this is the one thing that Joel brought up to me before he went back to sleep, because uh, he's still dealing with a uh, mouthache. Uh, got to switch some teeth out for those that don't know, so I can't really talk as much. Um, some some teeth, yeah. Uh, it's hard to see... believe because he doesn't know wisdom. <laughs> could we see jeremy borash become the head producer and kevin done out now yeah people have already brought that up and they, mm -hmm. they done they i think the general feeling within the company and, and according to kind of the rumors you hear the whispers you hear from the talent is done's the next to go look for okay. him to go within the next few weeks and if he does go jerry borash is the guy that uh that people are thinking, you know, is, is most likely to get that job and, and he deserves it. I mean, he's already in NXT. He can move mm -hmm. over easily. Um, and, and he has experience, you know, with production and everything like that. So, I mean, he could certainly do the job, I think, at a very high level. 
and Dunn, uh, you know, is like he sucks at his so, job. No more camera cuts. You know, no more camera cuts. Maybe they can get away from that 100 camera cuts in 60 seconds yeah. feel that they have, you know, that is so damned annoying. Yeah, and I, was, I don't know who will be in charge of talent in NXT because now with all this, I assume Hunter is the main focus will be on the main roster. I'm sure NXT will play a main fart, part for him as well. But it's and it's crazy too. Just TNA, TNA, and this kind of won because if if the rumors are true about Jeff, he's already in charge of live events, and the rumor is he will be taking a creative side as well, maybe splitting between Bruce or in some factor of that. Chris Park sounds like he's one of the top agents in the company. And then Jeremy Borash is going to mm-hmm. be the producer. It's like, holy hell, TNA, who would have thought? Yeah, this company that could make a dime. This company yeah. that lost millions and millions and millions and now has people in charge or in key positions in the WWE who's making billions and billions and billions. It's crazy. It's just crazy. I guess too, you mentioned, so you mentioned the stock and we'll see how bad that falls. Nick Khan does this. And we've talked about this many times. This is what Nick Khan does. Errol Hawani, who, uh, you know, used to have uh, Nick as his former agent. A few other people have talked about this with Nick. When he does go into business, his idea of having a business is to sell it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked about that when all the cuts were going down. A lot of them were Nick Khan decisions. Vince obviously has to sign on off on them, but they were Nick Khan decisions of where to cut the fat and that's why you saw big contracts like Strowman or Nia Jax Nia's other reasons but she had a bigger contract um and Brahma's other reasons too but big contract but now we're looking at this and over under Mon a year until the company is sold I think over actually and and it's only because Stephanie's put in charge as well right with her as the CEO uh it's not like Nick Khan can just do whatever he wants to do and just turn around and sell the company. And he couldn't have anyways. And Vince McMahon, while he's, he's retiring, he's not necessarily getting rid of his stock. Yeah. He's still the leading shareholder. He's still the leading shareholder. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, everything's still got to go through him on that. And uh, I think Stephanie and, and Triple H, the, you know, Paul Levesque are very much wanting the challenge and the time to run it without Vince there to show what they can do. And so I kind of expect, I kind of expect that it's going to be over a year. That said, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think they'll own it forever. No. And, you know, it's going to be interesting with the TV partners side of this, right? So I believe SmackDown on Fox and the USA deal, they come up in 2024, I believe. Uh, AWs is 2023. I believe theirs is 2024. If I'm not, I could be mistaken. I think you're right. Sounds right. Um, so, I mean, we'll see how much money AEW makes. And despite, you know, all these people trash on the AEW ratings. And yeah, they have had a minor fall. It's the summertime, but still number one in the demo. So still number one day, every Wednesday night. Yeah. So you're still number one overall. That's all that really matters. Yeah. You yeah. don't have a big rating like WWE does, but difference in being on Turner compared to being on Fox, for example. But I digress. So, you know, Fox is still doing pretty good ratings for the Friday night. Raw has been better than it has been. Uh, Those ratings are about to go down in about a month here with uh, the return of uh, Monday Night Football. So they're going to take a bigger hit there, whatever they do with the product. Uh, My point is now what, you know, what those TV companies are going to look at now and with Stephanie and Nick and I guess Paul to a degree, I think those would be the three people you have to look at of how they're going to go into these meetings, 
how others are going to perceive them outside. They, I guess the good thing is if you're WWE, you'd rather have this two years away than a year away, or even the 2023, like AW has, you have time to show, okay, that was the Vince regime. This is what our regime is. I, I mean, I guess it comes down to, do you think like tonight's rating will be very high. Monday's rating will be very high. Yeah. You know, these are anomalies though. Uh, tonight's show uh, until Brock came out was terrible for, uh, I, I did not enjoy the show at all. Um, you know, uh, there was literally 32 minutes of rustling on the entire show. I, I tracked it. 32 yeah. minutes in a two-hour show. It, it just doesn't work for me. So much talking. And of that rustling, uh, there was at least eight minutes worth of commercials. And some of it was like, you know, Sonia Deville versus Rochelle Rodriguez, which is not great rustling. So, I mean, it, I did not think this was a good show. So if that's the case, if these shows are going to be this quality, you are going to see the ratings go down. They have not hit their bottom if they, if they continue to put on shows like this. Now, that said, tonight was a mess for a billion reasons. You kind yeah. of give them a pass on it. Um, and, and we don't know the full story at this point because it just happened. The Brock came out, you know, I mean, really. And then we're immediately recording. So we don't know at what point he agreed to come back because he had walked out saying, if he's yes. gone, I'm gone, yeah. that type of thing. Um, we don't know exactly when when he was coming back and, and you know. He was supposed to of, start the show. I think, I think, yeah, he was supposed to be all over the show yeah. from what I understand is he was supposed yeah. to be in several segments. So they kind of, like I said, I kind of will give them a pass. But uh, yeah, I mean, it will be interesting to see again, Part of the continuing portion of this is where will the ratings be at the end of this year? Yeah. And uh, are people loyal to the WWE brand or to Vince McMahon? There's probably a few that are loyal to Vince, yeah. but I, I, I would suggest more are probably loyal to the WWE brand. And they worked really hard to create loyalty to the brand instead of to any individual performer. And that's going to probably serve them well here. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I'll give him a minor pass. I think I, there was just weird stuff. Like the Drew and Sheamus segment is like, we just did this. Yes. What are we doing? And then uh, Aaliyah and Liv, which is already going to be a bad match. Not Liv, yeah. uh, Lacey. It's already going to be a bad match. I do like Aaliyah. Ah. I think there's some, like, I think as a, as a valet, Aaliyah would be a lot better because I do think she has something as a valet that could maybe work. But, uh, and the Lacey character is already so, so confusing um the pat stuff was fine because pat knows what he's doing he can Pat's the promo mic. was good uh the live and ronda thing was okay i still have problems with the way that live cuts promos because she does the and then i'm gonna do this it's like she she really has yeah. volume control there's still a lot <laughs> i like with live but she's gotta have that volume control and stuff so yeah it was all over the place and you know, like you said the rating is gonna do good the rating on Monday will do good because there's no major competition. I actually believe that will be the last Monday they have without football competition because after that, it'll be preseason football. Yes, it's not regular season football, but they will have, I believe, a few Monday night preseason football games that they have to compete against. Uh, yeah, and those don't draw the ratings of uh, of the normal ones, but there's no. still still enough sports competition that, that they'll make a dent in, in yeah. raw ratings, so... Yeah, I yeah. mean, we're like, what, 50 days away from the regular season 
something like that. Yeah, we're 50 days yeah. away. I mean, I'm assuming, so they have Roman on that MSG show. Uh, perhaps they'll advertise Brock on that. And like I said, I, if no allegations come, I could really see Vince coming out. It's the go home to SummerSlam. So that helps a little bit as well for what they're, uh, what they're trying to do. Um, and, the, you know, with this news shocking everybody, it's a Friday night, so not everyone's going to watch a WWE show as much on a Friday night at times, but they normally do tune in on a Monday. They've been kind of doing a little bit over 2 million pretty consistently yeah. here, just yeah. barely over 2 million, um, about 300,000 more than what Raw is doing, uh, about twice, a little bit more than twice of what uh, AEW is doing, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, and their demos are good on the Friday night. So, I mean, which is strange. It is the most popular night for younger people to go out. So, yep. I mean, the fact that they do that strong on a Friday night in that demo is very good for them. Uh, but again, where are they? It's not where they are today, really. It's where are they at the end of the year? And, you know, I, I really worry for the product because the people that I feel like would be the best people in charge of creative would be from what I saw in NXT, Triple H. And yes, I know he failed going head to head with, with AEW, but that was not 100% his fault. And that was you a know, lot of Vince. There was a lot of Vince and there was a lot of, let's just face it, people were just looking for something different. They were looking for yeah. a fresh change, yep. you know, and they were able to find a, a, lot, of, a lot of that with AEW. Um, AEW. What would I say? AEW? Yeah. yeah, anyways. AEW. I think that, though, that I, I do worry for the product. I mean, we were talking just in our chat earlier, and you mentioned people like Heyman, you know, in charge of creative. And I'm like, I just can't see it happening. And I don't yeah. even know, to tell you the truth, how good it would be. I mean, it's it's 25 years since... You know, well, and it's a twenty-four hour job too. Jericho talked about this recently, yeah. right? It's like it's a hard job, like you know, to to do. Like I don't know how Tony Gone does wrestling creative on top of being stuff with the Jaguars and with Fulham Football, and if, I think he does some stuff for his dad's bigger business too. So I think yeah. you have to be a crazy individual. Like I I ha I suggested to you, and I saw some people like T.J. Wilson. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to see T.J. get an opportunity. But TJ's been very good at producing women's matches. Doesn't necessarily mean TJ is going to have the mind to produce an entire wrestling show and, and, and take away his entire life to dive right into that, right? That's why people have gone to Heyman or to Bruce or to Jeff because these people all have experience in that, in that yeah. setting because it's, it's something you're just not, you can just start at. You're going to have to build yourself up. Part of, part of the thing that uh, Triple H did for NXT was bring in some of the best wrestlers in the world. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, not best performers, not the best athletes, best wrestlers. And it'll be really interesting to see now, are we going to start to see the, the whole, you got to be 6'2 two and 220 at least minimum, you know, that whole, that whole thing, is that going to go away again? Or, you know, are they going to welcome again a guy the size of Johnny Gargano or, you know, I mean, that's, that's another thing that is, really interesting on this because there's got to be guys you know in in AEW who all of a sudden then would have an opportunity to make even more money in yeah. WWE and without Vince there it might be more appealing in some ways I look at a Ricky Starks talent 
I'm looking at Ricky Starks because his contract yeah. is coming up soon. You know the relationship with Cody. Ricky has not been booked the best on AW television. And we know he's, he's a super talent. pretty good. He's not, he's, he's not okay. Yeah. Buried. Uh, but I'm just saying like, he's a guy that's, I, I guess the more of the friendship with Cody and, and Co- the, fa- the factor of mm-hmm. Cody in this is very interesting too. Now, like how much on the creative side is Cody going to play? Is he going to play wrestler Booker or is he just going to go the wrestler side again? I know he said in that initial conference. My thinking, he just wanted my to be thinking one, but, on Cody, yeah. my thinking on Cody, Josh, was immediately I went, is Cody going to be a bridge to AEW and I WWE so. possibly I think so. working together in some fashion? I think so. Is, it, is that off the table now? All these things that Vince McMahon would never do, all of a sudden it's like this becomes a possibility and if Cody was to play a role, that's where I see it, you know? Um, yeah, it's... Well, like on I the say, side it's surreal. <laughs> Sasha? I don't see her coming back, but... Um, because now where Hunter is and the relationship she has with Hunter, Laurenitis yeah. is gone. I don't know if she had a major problem with Vince, but we know the major problem was with Laurenitis. From, again, we don't know because Sasha's not been able to tell her story. So no. we're just... We're just going by crumbs at this point. I'm just wondering, with Sasha in charge now, who knows what her relationship was with with, with Pritchard uh, and, and with Khan and everything like that. But we know her relationship with Hunter is still good from what we've heard. That will be the interesting thing of like, would having Hunter and talent relations, will that be able to repair the, the, the situation with Sasha? We know she's talked to outside people about taking bookings starting January 1st. So we know we won't see Sasha till January 1st, but is there a chance that WWE now with Vince gone, with Laurinaitis gone, this new regime, how is that going to inflect onto people? You already talked about the bridge with AEW and where that's going to go for maybe a super show. Where's that going to go to for disgruntled talents in the past? Yeah, no, absolutely. Somebody like uh, Sasha's, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have a sense that her Issues are so deep with creative yeah. that uh, that um, she's not going to want to come back. Uh, that said, I mean, again, we don't know. It's a whole new world. We don't know what creative will be like. Yeah. Uh, there is a WWE pattern to shows that I don't expect to go away. And that is a pattern of only 30 to 50 minutes of wrestling and a lot of talking and an opening talking segment and, you know, uh, like that pattern, I don't expect them to change that because that's no, how. Especially I, if it's I don't Jeff. expect them. Yeah, especially if it's Jeff, and also I don't see them getting rid of all the writers. I just don't see yeah. that happening. It's it's just so ingrained in the system now. So there's just such a there's just such a pattern that has been established for so long that I don't think they know how to do anything else right now. I think um, promos may get a little bit better, and just the I sense of so. I think there'll be um I I would assume, and this is again this is all assumptions. But again, I think some of the rope will be untightened. I, I do not think Woods would have mentioned Ring of Honor, New Japan, and Kenny Omega on broadcast if he knew Vince was back Oh, yeah. There. The fact that Steffer, I'm assuming Hunter was on the it was in the ears. I'm, I don't think Steph is going to be doing that. That's probably Hunter that's doing mm-hmm. that. Maybe Nick Khan? I don't know. Maybe Pritchard. Maybe Pritchard. But I'm assuming Woods knows with those guys. I'm going to say Reign of Honor. And, and look, it made the buildup for this match better because Woods goes in and says, hey, they've won in every continent. They're Reign of Honor champions. They're New Japan champions. They had a strong match in New Japan with Kenny Omega. They're at his level, right? They're a kid. Like, that's 
for wrestling fans and they hear that, yeah, I know you had the forbidden door with WWE and stuff like that in your mind, but that stuff takes a Viking Raider team that has been terrible. And it's like, wait a minute, this was war machine. This was a badass team. Yes. They were Ring of honor champions. They were new Japan champions. We have to take them seriously. And a quick yeah. promo like that, all of a sudden it showed what a possible post WWE Vince McMahon world can look like if the streams are untouched a little bit. Yeah, that has got to be the hope, is that they go into a little bit less fully scripted promos. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I don't think they'll get rid of writers, but maybe they'll pare it down from 30-plus writers to a more reasonable amount. Um, yeah. Maybe it'll be more bullet points, and, and uh, you know, they'll become more creative, will become more booking. Writers will become more promos, and wrestlers will have more freedom. Um, that would be the ideal for me. And I'm hoping... Not right away. I, I mean, I was very hopeful thinking that when uh, Seamus came out with his cronies, I'm like, okay, he's gone. Hunter, just do it. Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn like, Here yeah. comes Butch. I'm like, soon. I, I, I believe soon. Soon again, he'll be Pete Dunn. But just, uh, just a little bit, he'll be Butch. I, I do kind of, I get a kick out of the Butch character. Like I, the, do the, you know, I do too. You know, like I, I do get a kick out of the character, but I also know that 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 character was somebody other than Pete Dunn. I still get a kick out of it, and it wouldn't feel like the guy's being wasted because he's so talented in ring, and yeah. rarely do we get a chance to see it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that part's interesting. I, I guess so. The CEO side before we we're gonna go into Vince a little bit more here, but it's just aside from Vince, there's just so many uh, things to hit on. So Sub the CEO plot. side, um, I do like in some ways it's um interesting that they went nick Khan and stephanie not just stephanie by herself it's a shared position and i think that's because of i i think it's honestly because of the stock because stephanie was out there and they were talking shit about her when she was out the door and i think they wanted to be nick Khan, and i do think in a handful of months it will probably just be nick Khan, and stephanie will maybe step down still a little bit who knows but it, I found it interesting that it was co-chairman and co-CEO between those two and not just Stephanie like it was as the interim a few weeks ago. Seems to me like Stephanie's there for the wrestling side, the wrestling name, the yeah. McMahon name to give the confidence of the to the shareholders and to the business community, the McMahon name. Yeah. And Khan is there to really do the job. You know, he's, you know she's like the figurehead. There, she'll be the one doing interview she'll be the one you know out in the public eye and con will be the con will be much more the behind the scenes person running to the day-to-day ship I, I kind of figure that was the reasoning for this whole thing because nikon has the business acumen that yeah. you're looking for so that also is good for this is a way i think to satisfy uh many sides and then, uh, and like we said, Hunter got it. I mean, it's funny because you mentioned NXT too. Now with Hunter back there, they've just lost so many confidants for Hunter though too, right? Like mm-hmm. losing a guy like how important would a guy like Regal be right now? How oh, yeah. important would an Arn Anderson be? How important would a Dean Malenko? Having those people there right now would be so important. I mean, Regal would be someone who's like, hey, like, I don't even know if there is going to be the booker. Like Vince McMahon was the booker. I think there'll be a bunch of people with the creative side of it this time. I don't think we'll have one head booker. I'm assuming Jeff will have some of it. Bruce will have some of it. Hunter will have some important. Stephanie, 
we'll have some input to it. I don't assume with the book, it's going to be one voice versus all. It certainly, I mean, who knows? I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a mess. Um, it may straighten this again. It may straighten itself out within a few yeah. months. It will become obvious who's doing a good job and who deserves to be there and who's Eric Bischoff and needs to get out the door. And I guess the, 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 what is theory's push going to be? Like, what are these guys that were Vince guys? We've heard people based on tonight. He'll be fine. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> like he was like, on the show all over the show. He was, I think he kind of took that Brock spot on being all over the show. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see the trajectory of theory and some of the other Vince level projects that they've had. Um, and then I'm just wondering if names will go back, like if Guther will become Walter again, like just stuff like that, that I'm wondering if we'll see down the road because of Hunter in charge of those talents and him not giving a shit, will, will Tommaso Ciampa be Tommaso Ciampa again and not just Ciampa? Like little things like that, I'm wondering, will those kind of come back into the fray? Yeah, I mean, we don't know yet, but uh, I think there's a possibility. You know, it, Ciampa's got to be happy. What right? I'm hoping, what I'm hoping is very much that the whole this whole week to week hot shot booking that we see is that that goes away that, that we have more long-term storylines like the viking raiders you know i mean now they're you know they're badass so they're trying to make them badass again or whatever yeah but the thing is you don't feel like there's that they have a long-term storyline for them yeah hopefully everybody starts to get a long-term storyline and that that's that's the booking direction they can go into is to have yeah. not just we're do, trying this this week and we're trying something else next week i thought in some ways jared did i mean jared did the classic wwe this is the biggest thing in the history of this i'm like yeah whatever uh, when right? he when he said this is the biggest tag team match all the time i'm like yeah this is bigger than the mega bucks versus the mega powers sure yeah yeah i get yeah. it he just has to do what he has to i i he has to do because because this is the post movement world there was like two times like he's gonna mention something about Ric Flair. He's gonna do it. And I was like, <laughs> "Come on, mention something about taking down Nature Boy." And but uh, he didn't do Give it. Give him time. I, he will. I really wanted to mention something about that before we kind of get to the rest. Did you see? Uh, did you see the video? Which video? The one of uh, the attack on to on to Nature. Oh yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. It's a hard way. Oh uh, yeah. Old school Carney, right? That is some classic. I remember because they were on the network for a while watching some classic NWA and the four horsemen attacking Dusty in the parking lot and everything like that. Mm -hmm. It really did remind me of like old school NWA Crockett stuff. Oh, yeah, it definitely did. Yeah, it definitely did. Yeah, we'll talk more about that show next week when we preview SummerSlam. And I guess at the end of this, we'll stay somewhat bit more positive because we'll talk about the Ring of Honor show that's going on tomorrow night to finish this off um Vince McMahon we've kind of talked about the business side because in some ways you know what happens to Vince is what happens to Vince right um here I'll, I'll say this I had I had a tweet earlier and I said Vince has done a lot of terrible shit and we don't know what's going to happen yet and uh it's bad it's really really bad but um and you know like I've had I've had to do this this person is something terrible, but way too many times this year, man, especially with football, with the Deshaun Watson stuff and so on. I hate oh, adding yeah. that, but, but, and I'm not trying to give Vince his flowers or anything like that, but you know, it's, I'm not, and we're not here to say thank you, Vince. We're definitely not, but 
there is no sense of the modern world of professional wrestling without this guy. He's maybe the greatest combat sport promoter of all time. Maybe the greatest heel of all time. Maybe was in the greatest feud of all time and got sports entertainment to a different venue than what it was. Made some of the biggest stars we ever saw. At one point was the best booker in the business. Knew how to do that little extra tweak and then I'd say around 2004 or five, he definitely lost his fastball. It's been about 17 years without his fastball at this point, I think is safe <laughs> to say. Uh, every once in a while, there's a gem from him in there. It's like, okay, you still got it. But for the last little bit, he's lost. And I think that's one of the highlights for some people out of this. Yeah, there's the sexual stuff, which is absolutely terrible. And we hope that there's justice. But him not having the book and maybe changing the product, which we talked about, is a highlight. But there is no denying on a legacy that he left leading up to this. Um, but for his actions, he has tarnished that entire legacy and will not be getting the, the flowers that he maybe would have. And look, there was worse stuff even before this. There's the Jimmy Snooker stuff and a bunch of other stuff that we could go over. I'm sure oh, you absolutely. have a few of Steroid um, stuff. Steroid yeah. trial as well. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, bodies that are falling out of the closet right now and tumbling onto each other. But there is no doubt on a legacy that he has left on this business and arguably being the most important figure in its history. Yeah, he's up there. I mean, it's, it's difficult, to, uh, difficult to picture a world of wrestling without him. Uh, know. You know, I mean, he's synonymous. More so, I think, to wrestling fans. I mean, Hulk Hogan's more famous than him, you know, casual people. Mm-hmm. But the wrestling fans, I think when they think of wrestling, the first face they see isn't a wrestler, it's Vince McMahon. Yeah. Uh, he may be the most important. I like I don't actually think he was actually ever a very good booker. I think he, he had around him people like Sandy Scott so. and and uh and uh Pat Patterson, and these mm-hmm. guys were really good creative minds, and he was able to work with them to come up with some really good booking. So when he was on a leash. Yeah, Russo when he was on a leash, yeah. Um, I think he, I think that was his his talent more so than the booking of his own. Uh, I don't think as a booker, but as a promoter, mm. he is so far ahead of any other person who's ever done wrestling that it's yeah. not even funny. Yeah. He is by far the greatest promoter in the history of the business. Now that said, that doesn't excuse everything else. It's much like I don't care what anybody says. Bill Cosby was funny. I still don't ever want to see the guy's face ever again. Yeah. You know, he's still disgusting. And that's the thing about Vince McMahon. It, uh, you know, he's got a lot of skeletons in those closets. And the Harvey Weinstein thing too. On, seen the Harvey yeah, Weinstein comparison a lot. Of, yeah, yeah, Harvey Weinstein may have helped a lot of people in their careers. He helped Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. He took a script in Goodwill Hunting that nobody else would and produced it and made them mega movie stars. And there's tons other stories like that but there's a trail of bodies that were left behind by weinstein and there's exactly. a trail of bodies literally and, and that's the thing like from bill, bill cosby bill cosby yeah. hired uh, people of color and women and that type of thing is in in positions that they weren't normally hired in and put them mm-hmm. on a show and give them experience there's good but just because there's a good size that should not and and most people are complicated most people have a good and bad side and nobody's perfect but vince mcmahon certainly seems to be um, very unperfect, let's put it that way. Like, he, like yeah. his, the allegations, the things that he's done over the years, if you just really, really dig into it, 
the scandals. Um, there's numerous ones. I, I think that it's probably fitting that he uh, is ousted before he wants to be. Because it, to me, it's a little bit of karma. You know, I always believe in karma and, and it's, it's important to, for me to see sometimes that what goes around comes around. And this is a guy who's still getting, who's still worth a ton of money and is kind of a great lifestyle. Like I said, I'm not 100% sure won't be calling the company shots behind the back, but the fact that he's kind of, yes, he's getting his thank yous from a lot of people like Alberto Del Rio, which made me want to puke, um, you know, possibly the worst person alive. Yeah, uh, up there. Mick Foley was the one that surprised a lot of people. And that's yeah. when I sent out the tweet that I did. I'm like, well, Mick said it. So how do I word this the right way that I want to word it before we do a podcast? And I think I worded yeah. it the best way I could. Um, it's still not easy to word it anyway. But like when Mick said, thanks for everything. And it, it, I think for some of these people, Paige, Paige did a tweet too. For some of those people, I think it's a very confusing time for them, right? Because... Mm-hmm. Much like we said, it'd be a confusing time for people with Bill Cosby or Harvey Weinstein. It's like, yeah, this guy's a piece of shit, but like literally my life is what it is because of this individual. So I'm very complicated. Where do I go in this? And I think Mick was someone that's like, he gave me an opportunity, right? And look, despite the fact he did not want Mick, he wanted to call him what Martin the Molar or something like that. And he wanted to put the face, yeah. the, the mask he on his face. He never wanted to see his face on TV. He's fucking, it was gross. But, you know, Foley going that and Mick Foley is one of the few people in professional wrestling. There's not a bad story about him. Daniel Bryanson's yeah. probably the other one. There's not a lot of them, you know, like even The Rock, uh, not The Rock. Uh, Daniel Austin. Bryanson. That's a new one. Daniel. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah. Daniel Bryanson. Daniel Bryanson. Uh, <laughs> uh, Steve Austin. Uh, we has... all do it. We all do it. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, JR is still confused all the time. I mean, every single yeah. show, I. But yeah, I've done about three or four wrestling shows here in the last two weeks. And even when I was at the dungeon wrestling thing and people were talking about the favorite wrestlers, people were like, Daniel Bryan, ah, Brian Danielson, Cla- Claudia, it's so, so sorry. It's like, ah, it gets stuck. It gets stuck. Claudio is easy for me because I knew him as Claudio yeah. first pretty well. Before Cesaro. But, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I knew Daniel, but Brian Danielson, I knew him also first as Brian Danielson, but Daniel Bryan is catchier. Yeah. <laughs> There's really no difference between Cesaro and Claudio. Claudio is probably yeah. easier to say, but yeah. Daniel Bryan is easier to say than Bryan Danielson. Flows off I, the tongue easier. And you mentioned people maybe not know Vince as a character as much, but when he did the Mr. McMahon character, and look, I, I'm me, Jermaine, and a few. I'm one of his fans of his broadcasting career. I love some of his broadcasting because <laughs> it's so over hey, the top. And I was a professional broadcaster. I'm not. One, two, now. <laughs> what it's, a maneuver! It, I. I've taken some of my broadcasting skills from him, but the greatest feud in the history of professional wrestling is arguably him versus Austin because of what that did, because everybody wanted to stun their boss. Everyone, he played such a good antagonist. He was such a piece of shit that you wanted to hate. Turns out he is really one, but he did such a good job in that role. And it was so crucial in the Monday Night War to them beating Nitro. As a performer, there's no question. No denying his... His uh, charisma is yeah. among the highest of any performer I've ever seen in wrestling. And his, uh, yeah, I mean, his performances, they were game changers. I mean, it, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's much like Hulk Hogan, you know, I mean, like Roddy Piper said to him, 
Do you think they would have been cheering you so much if they weren't booing me so much? And it's the yeah. same thing with Austin or, and McMahon. Would they have cheered Austin to that level if he didn't have a Vince McMahon to boo? And no, you need the perfect heel. It's the perfect storm. He was a tremendous performer. Um, even when he would turn babyface, he was a good performer. Uh, you know, um, the times when he would turn babyface uh, occasionally. So, yeah, again, that's something else I can respect him for. I can respect him for a lot of things, but that doesn't mean the man deserves respect. His accomplishments. No. You can respect somebody's accomplishments without yes. respecting the human being. Yeah, and I don't have I a ton of respect for Vince McMahon as a human being. Yeah. I mean, like I say, I know even then he's got to have his good sides. Uh, but, you know, there's enough that's like, yeah, you can't get away from the fact that he deserves. Every time you mention something good about him, it kind of deserves to be ending with, with that. But he's still kind of a scumbag. Yeah. He's definitely one. And I mean, these Wall Street Journal things, more will coming out on that. And we'll see what the HBO thing is. I mean, in some ways, the Netflix doc is canceled. I still want the Netflix doc. Oh, like, but me talk, too. Talk about, talk about this. But the problem is, it was produced by Bill Simmons, who works for WWE. And that's why he wants to keep that relationship up. And I think that played a factor into it. I would love someone, though, that do the un... Like, it sucks that Dark Side of the Ring... And Vice now, not the dark side, but Vice is working with WWE. And we're going to get this delay on dark side now because this is the dark side. And it's not even a chapter. It is a season. It is an entire season of Vince McMahon from everything with Snuka, from more on the steroids trial, right? From all of this. And there's much more I'm probably forgetting. Yeah, there's the, uh, I can't remember his name, but there was the ring announcer that, uh, um, had the abuse of uh, of uh, young men, and mm -hmm. you know the allegations of that, and the Vince covered that up uh, was one thing, you know. Uh, and same thing, Pat Patterson. Apparently, there was a scandal with him, similar, where Vince, uh, you know, covered up uh, Austin. You know, there's part of me covering up Austin. Covering up good. Austin is just completely ignoring the uh, yeah. the allegations um, made by uh, uh, was yeah, that. Deborah, it was Deborah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, we all I mean, love Stone Cold. We never really talk about that. We, we all never love talk Austin, about it. But we it's, just forget it's about it. But it's yeah. there. Yeah. You know, to working with Lloyd Way Mayweather well after the allegations of his uh, many uh, abuse uh, is uh, to come out, and uh, you know, I mean, lots of this stuff, right? Um, yeah, I mean, the guy. Look, Vince McMahon is nothing else. He's He's a capitalist first. I mean, that's it. He's he's he looks out for number one. Um, did he improve the wrestling industry? Well, he made one company bigger than anybody could ever imagine. But is wrestling as a whole bigger? Well, when you look at the amount of attendance and the ratings in local markets when they're back in the territory system, you add all that up, it dwarfs what what Vince. The man was doing even at the height of the WWE. Isn't it? Um, isn't it ironic? Total viewers and everything. Pardon me. That he leaves and it's almost coming back to where it was. Yeah, kind of is. Because we're getting a lot of territories up here in Canada now. Obviously, the Hearts are starting Dungeon Wrestling, and that show was showcased off, and a lot of things. I had the privilege of going there, and Can Am Wrestling is doing their thing, and a lot across Canada. But even just if you look at 
there's never been so many bigger promotions. When we do the review in the year, right? We have WWE, we have AEW, we have Impact, we have GCW, we have MLW, we have New Japan, we have NOAA, we have Stardom, we have NWA, and I'm probably missing one in there. I think I got the main ones in there. Oh, Triple I think you mentioned AEW. Yeah, I, I mentioned AEW in a second. But like, there's so many now, right? And we're going to see a Crockett Promotions apparently right now. So it, there's so many, ROH, uh, I guess it's technically, it's still its own thing. There's still so like, it's, it's really kind of wrestling kind of healing itself from Vince shredding it apart. And now it's taking a lot of the form he did with the episodic television and the pay-per-view model that he made the gamble with WrestleMania. But in some ways, wrestling is now kind of fighting itself back. He's out of position and there is kind of many territories back. And thanks to someone like Tony Khan, he's kind of going that old school style that you saw from the Von Erichs down in texas or you saw from dusty in florida or you saw from the crockets in atlanta champions traveling to other promotions and defending their titles yeah absolutely absolutely you're right it is there is kind of that old school territory the indies nowadays like starting out yeah. that old school territory thing the difference is the indies they might have a working relationship with each other but they don't have an overall structure yeah. the way that the territories had a structure of okay all of us all the owners and bookers come together this is who we're putting as world champion. This is who he's going to lose to at this time. And then go book your territories around that, you know, and that, that kind of working relationship that, that they once had. But it's funny, you know, Vince McMahon sat, sat there and he, he expanded. He went into other people's territories. He had more money than them because he was in New York. And a person in New York is just going to make more money than a person in Portland, even if they sell the same amount of tickets. He had more money, you know. And he took the big stars from these companies. And then when he found, ran into a guy with more money than him and Turner, who took all his guys, you know, because they, they had more money, it was, that was a wrong practice, but it was exactly the same thing that he had done. And I think that kind of sums up the personality to me of Vince McMahon, kind of the scumbag is, it's okay for me to do it. It's, nobody can do it to me. Nobody yeah. can screw me. Nobody can do, nobody can say anything bad. It's okay if I do it because I'm Vince McMahon, damn it. And that kind of, you know, is, is just that attitude that always made me like uncomfortable about the man. Yeah, with the billionaire Ted and the, the Nacho Man sketch and everything like that. It's yeah. a lot of hypocrisy in oh, that. And, and, and it came down to the, the ultimate promoter of him. He took people like Taker and and Paul Levesque and Steve Austin that were kind of from the scrap heap of WCW and mm -hmm. was able to make them work. I mean, in, in some ways though, like I'll give him Taker and I'll give, I'll give him Taker and I'll give him Mick Foley. But Austin, he kind of let that just happen. He kind of, cause he just didn't, he didn't book Austin correctly. And that just, he got lucky with what happened with King of the Rain. And that just kind of blew up the rock. That's once in a generation type of situation yeah. like you don't give it the credit like but i mean what if what if rock led to what wally buono wanted and did go to the practice squad right it, that's the ultimate what if rock what if he had gone to i mean he he was also had the opportunity to go to the power plant and the wcw yep. what happens then mm -hmm. i mean <laughs> i mean a lot of what ifs right there's a lot of what ifs yeah. out there yeah take girl give him is the ultimate promotion job that he did he did everything yeah, right he took with that take. character he took that character that was a just for kids and made yeah. it an iconic character beyond probably the most iconic character in the history of the of the industry 
And it was two people that did it. It was Mark Calloway and Vince McMahon. Yeah. And they equally contributed, you know, yeah. um, to make this the most iconic and the best character, the best gimmick in wrestling history. Yep. And then there's the Mordecai's of the world and so on. <laughs> <laughs> he has more misses than he has hits. He does. But you I'm remember little... the hits. Yeah, you remember that. It's funny just kind of going down some of the trail I've gone and I've been watching a lot of new generation stuff lately mm. and there's a lot of misses. There's some good stuff in there, but there's also just like, how did how did you not make Bam Bam Bigelow work? How did you not make Vader work, right? There is stuff like that at that time and we've been saying that forever with guys, right? But with Vader, I don't know how he never made Vader work, right? But he, he also had, you know, was able to he have didn't a want a WCW guy to look that strong. I mean, yep. it, was a, it was his own ego. It's the same thing with the invasion right his own ego would never allow him to to he had to reinvent everybody even if he had somebody who worked he had to reinvent them yeah it's funny listening to jeff jarrett's pod and i was just listening to the episode where he talks about getting fired air quotations from wcw jeff's uh watching it and he's like well you can't fire me because <laughs> i have a guaranteed contract from aol so jeff for two weeks thought it was an angle he's like me and vince are going to work this angle like why else would he open monday night raw with me like we're going to do an angle and then yeah he went to bruce and everything he's like so bruce what are we gonna do he's like yeah don't worry about it just go pack up your guitars and everything but then he called the office like so is this not happening like what's going on here that's funny i'll never forget that yeah live on the simulcast mm -hmm. double j is double G-O-N-E gone. God. <laughs> uh, that I'll miss. I'll, I'll miss the whole Vince McMahon. You're fine. Like that whole, yeah. I guess, like you say, we'll get it from Stephanie. She yeah. does it her, you know, but uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that always, I mean, there's a lot of things Vince did that entertained me. The last know? stunner um, is maybe that mania and, one. And I hope that's the case. Oh. It's so bad. Oh my God. Dude, you had to remind me. He took the worst stunners overall. The only stunner I ever saw that was anywhere close to as bad as the ones he took was Trump's. Trump's was oh, Trump's is bad. Linda's, Linda's is bad. Linda's was bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Vince consistently took them horrible. <laughs> and his last match will be against uh, Pat McAfee. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh. So. Yeah, there we go. Shane is sitting there. Do you think Shane right now is sitting there going, if, if I only hadn't tried to be in the Royal Rumble and had <laughs> hung around for another year, if I could have just lasted for another year, who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. The Shane dynamic of it all is something. Where else? does he fit? I don't, I don't, I don't think he does much. I mean, at this point, I think the closest we'll see to Shane is if one of his sons wants to be a wrestler now. Yeah, it could be, which is probably going to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, he'll probably make his comeback to the company because everybody does. Because you always need a fifty-year-old to fifty-plus-year-old to guy to to steal the spotlight from uh, from your uh, younger talent, you know. We're just waiting for WrestleMania fifty, when it's going to be Ava Rain versus one of the Levesque girls. <laughs> Wasn't one named Rose or something like that? Rose Levesque, yeah, I think so. So yeah. we're just waiting for that, where it's going to be Ava Rain. Did you see that Ava Rain promo? No, I didn't. You know who Ava Rain is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so those that don't know, that's The Rock's daughter as Ava Rain. It was okay. I mean, first promo, uh, I felt bad for people like, it's The Rock's daughter. It's like, yeah, we know. 
stop it. Like she already has enough pressure in yeah, this. No like kidding. this isn't even like Flair's daughter. This is the Rock's daughter. So like I know like Charlotte was probably expected to good do good promos and everything like that, but being Ric Flair's daughter compared to being the Rock's daughter as far as promo, as good as Nate is, it's an entirely different ballgame. It is uh it really is. I mean that girl's that girl's gonna have I mean I you know obviously she's getting the opportunity because of who her dad is yes it is nepotism um hopefully she can pull it off mm-hmm. i mean uh, good luck to her uh you know but uh it's not going to be easy no she doesn't need any extra pressure like you say she doesn't so yeah uh july uh 22nd 2022 is probably going to go down as one of the biggest days in the history of professional wrestling visit man retires and then i guess the next big day is when this next big article comes out from whoever it does and makes him look like worse of a scumbag than where we perceive him right now that hbo real sports when is it that 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 would uh air we don't don't know yet yeah it's a while yeah we don't know yet it'd be a while yeah Mm -hmm. i'm assuming john i don't know john oliver's on this week i haven't been following it as much as normal uh he's Um, on his summer break oh is okay yeah yeah, it's just the world is very shitty right now. So I have really taken is. a bit of a break from the news at times because it's just it's like it's a little bit much at times. It's pretty shitty. Yeah. So I don't need John Oliver to remind me that it's shitty. I'd rather just come home and watch Big Brother or something and just turn my <laughs> play or play my Sometimes switch. You gotta turn your mind off. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. it's not great. And this Vince stuff doesn't help. And you no, know, for me, not to make this about me, but I guess I'm about to being a sports reporter in the summer right now having to talk about Deshaun Watson, having to talk about Miles Bridges and having to talk about Vince McMahon. It's been very exhausting to talk about these terrible human beings and the way they treat women. Uh, I mean, we're football camps for everybody else is opening in four days. And we still don't even know Deshaun Watson's suspension is. And, you know, I, to, uh, that story makes me so incredibly upset yeah, yeah. that he got the contract he got, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just, like I say, I hope for karma. I am shocked that Vince McMahon retired before Deshaun Watson got suspended. <laughs> Honestly, <Yeah. laughs> that's crazy well, to me. Then again, I'm shocked Vince McMahon retired. Yeah. Especially, you yeah. know, after his reaction, after he came out in front of the Sacramento crowd. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, what he, that's what he was thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, what changed? What changed between that and today where it's like, oh, I got to give up my job, you know, from, from his ultimate defiance to this. What changed? Something did. We do on the real on the year end show. We do uh, promotion of the year. I think promotion of the year is the Wall Street Journal. To kill it. <laughs> Could be because between the Vince story and the Deshaun story, they're doing more than their companies are on this. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, like the Deshaun Wall Street Journal. Yeah, the Deshaun case. The Deshaun article. That was like after that one. I'm like, if you don't suspend this dude for at least a year, I don't know. After that article, what you're doing, a and year, then the a one, year doesn't. Yeah. I don't feel like you should ever play. I don't I, think so either. But now we're hearing four to six, which is even grosser. Yeah. Well. Uh, whatever. Yeah. I hope he gets sued for everything he's worth. I hope so too. Uh, let's move to a little bit of happier uh, times here. So. There's our stuff on Vince, and we'll see how everything kind of uh, comes forward with everything. I get really quickly, I guess, on the Brock side of things, we kind of skimmed over that. Um, what do you think happened? 
I think he walked out and I think cooler heads prevailed. I think somebody came to him and said, look, you got a contract. You'd be in breach of contract and you got to fulfill this match. And he came back and did his spot and he's going to fulfill the match. And I think that's the last we'll see of him. Uh, we just had a hockey trade that we're going to talk about after Matthew Kachuk just got traded with the Florida Panthers. Oh, wow. So okay. We'll talk about that afterwards. We're going to do this ring of honor court and then maybe I'll have Martin for a quick sidebar on that really quickly. Um, so um, for a ring of honor, uh, it looks like a really good show this week. And it sounds like, you know, they've gotten the Briscoes under contract and TV stuff is kind of moving ahead uh, from the press conference Tony had. Everything seems in good condition for Reign of Honor right now. Uh, it's mentioned the Briscoes being under long-term contract. That's yeah. very interesting because it's pretty obvious they don't want to put them on AEW TV. I don't know if it's because they want to keep them exclusive to ROH as an exclusive act, so you have to pay to see them or something, or yeah. they'll be exclusive there, or if it's just because they're worried about uh, the, this, you know, the statements that Jay said a long time ago. But I mean, FTR comes out there and completely puts them over or in so many ways. But other than a graphic showing this, the FTR versus Briscoes, nothing, not a package, video package, not a promo, not anything. And it was, it's obvious that they, you know, that there's something there, they don't want to put them on TV and yet they have them under long-term contract. So that was really odd. Yeah, there was obviously the comments. I can't remember Briscoe on um, the LGBTQ community. Now, look, I think he just a, said he didn't believe in. I believe he didn't believe in gay marriage. I, and I he's, that and he's changed. You know, he's done some really yeah. cool stuff, and he's proven to be a changed person. And you know, we, you know, You're give second to chances be. out. I'll uh, tell you the truth. I, I, when I was when I was about twenty, twenty five or something like that, I yeah. I wasn't for gay marriage. It wasn't until I was watching a a episode of The Daily Show. And John Oliver said something about gay marriage. Why do you care? And it hit me like a bag of bricks. And I went, why do I care? What somebody does in their house doesn't affect my house. Yeah. Why do I care? Do whatever you want. Everybody should be able to do what they want. Yep. And that changed me. Uh, and if I could change, he could change. If I could change, you could change. If you could change, yeah. Uh, so we have uh, the, the starting match. It's on the, uh, the buy-in, I guess. Allison K versus favorite of the pod, Willow Nightingale, who was just, just doing shows in Edmonton a few weeks ago, apparently. Oh, was she? Yeah, for Love Wrestling. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Willow wins this one. I think they, they, you know, she was on Dynamite this week. I believe that was her first Dynamite. She has so much charisma. She's got some work to do, but there's a lot of premium talent there with Willow, and I, I think she wins this, as, as, as talented as uh, uh, Kay is. Uh Jade Cargill lifting her up for that Jada move was impressive. Yeah. Mind you, she posted nicely. Nightingale posted nicely as well. That was still impressive of Cargill. Um, yeah, I think Will goes over as well. And she should. I think you got to, I think it's a slow build, but I think you go a, a slow build. A, a, um, she can be a real underdog character that builds up and up and up and, and really becomes something. Uh, okay, so we start off with the righteous. That is uh, Vincent Bateman and Dutch against Dalton Castle and the boys of Brandon Tate and Brett Tate. We haven't seen Dalton Castle for a while. I'll say Castle and the boys win this, and it's for the six-man tag team championships. I think the righteous wins this. They seem to okay. really like Vincent. I think Vincent is really 
very uh, charismatic as, as a leader of a group. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, he's, he's uh, yeah, he's, I mean, it's a very, uh, um, not devil worshiping, but it, it reminds me a little of, of the Kevin Sullivan character that, right. that used to be around, right? Um, and I, I do think the righteous goes over just because, I mean, the boys, they never seem to win ever. Uh, and then it's just all title matches. <laughs> and so I'm not going to try to go in importance here. I guess I'll go to where I think the three main events are, but every single one of these matches. So this card is great. This card is such a good yeah. card. Uh, Mercedes Martinez versus Serena Deeb for the ROH title. I got Deeb. I think it's time that she actually wins a title. And I think Deeb wins the ROH championship. Yeah, I think the, the ROH championship is perfect for Deeb. It was, it was meant for her. I mean, it's, it's the perfect title for Deeb. And the only reason that I would think that it wouldn't happen would be because Martinez just got that belt. So maybe they would keep it on Deep, on her for a little while and Deeb would get it a little bit later. But uh, it's just too perfect a fit. Deeb is ROH Women's Champion. Uh, then this might this has a chance to be the match of the year. <laughs> because the last time these two had a match, it was a banger. Will, uh, Wheeler Utah versus Daniel Garcia for the ROH Pure Championship. I am so excited for this one, Mon. Yeah, this is going to be great. And mm -hmm. the ROH Pure Championship rules where you have a limited amount of rope breaks, um, you know, and, and the, it's really made for Garcia. Like he's the perfect guy for this match. So in that way, I think he's the perfect guy again for the title. I and I, I think they're going to, I think they're going to pull the trigger here. And I think they're obviously big on Utah, but I don't think Wheeler Utah needs the, uh, needs that belt. So I think being part of the Black Bull Combat Club is enough, whereas I think Garcia kind of could use the belt. He's done more jobs lately. He can be the antithesis of this title, too. I really think he yeah. can. I think it was nice for you to get it and kind of propel him up, and he did the juniors, and that's really helped him. But Garcia being the pure champion, it just makes sense. Absolutely. Um, again, this is such a hard card to pick. What order we go in here? Uh, Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal for the television championship. I will say this is tough because does Jay go into the match, the last match with Flair as the champion? I'm wondering if he has that belt coming down to the ring. Um, I do think Joe's going to win, but I am wondering with Joe how busy Joe has been lately, and he's doing the Suicide Squad game. He's filming a television show right now. How available is he going to be for wrestling? Is this going to be a little bit of, well, you're not around as much, so maybe it's better to give it to Lethal? I can't really decide. I'm going to go to Joe, but I really hesitate with it. What's the name of, uh, I mean, obviously Sanjay, what's the name of the other guy there? Oh, the Satnam Singh. Satnam Singh. Satnam Singh. Yeah. Um, it seems like everything is building towards him versus Joe. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose Lethal getting the belt and Satnam Singh costing Joe the belt could lead towards that. Yeah. Or it could be that they're leading towards uh, Joe defending the title against him. Uh, the fact is the ROH World Television Championship means it doesn't have to be defended that often because they don't have TV or anything right now. Yeah. Um, you know, just occasional showing up on, on uh, AEW. Uh, I'm sure AEW would like to have Joe around more. Uh, eventually, I'm sure he will be. But uh, yeah, this is a really tough one. Uh, going with Lethal again goes with another heel. And 
I feel like we were going with too many heels here, so I'm going to yeah. go with Joe. But that's where I am, and I don't want too many belt switches either because I think some are coming, yeah. and I don't want to do too many. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, I'm I'm sure this is going to be the main event, but I I'm going with it first because I think the other match we'll get to last is the real main event for some people. Um, Me too. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Gresham versus Claudio Castanoli. Um, Tully Blanchard is in the side of Jonathan Grisham. Is it time for Claudio to get that title? I think that seems too tantalizing. I do think Gresham wins this match. I also think Gresham wins it. I think that I do think that Claudio will get the belt, but not yeah. here. Yeah. I think you're going to see a, a longer chase. I think it's largely because they want to get Gresham over more. And the way to get Gresham over more is for him to retain against Claudio. Will it be clean is the question? I think it will be. You know, even though he's a heel, I think it will be a clean win because, and, and the, the truth is you want to set up Claudio versus Daniel Bryan and Claudio ideally versus yeah. Zack Sabre Jr. You want to set up those matches. So a way to do that is to have him beat Claudio. And you beat me to it because I think it's going to be Gresham versus Bryan at, the, at All Out for the ROH Championship. Oh, that would be so good. That's what I think we're leading to. Oh, that'd be so good. It sounds like Brian's going to be okay for All Out. It sounds like, it sounds at this point right now, according to Dave, that we will have Punk, Kenny, and Brian and Adam Cole all ready to go yeah. for All Out. So yeah. that's very good news. And then the main event. And what a main event. We already, this, this match originally with one fall is probably most people's uh, wrestling match of the year. It's my match of the year so far. There you go. I yeah. think it's mine as well. So we're not too far off on that. It's FTR versus the Briscoes. Two out of three falls for the Ring of Honor World Championships. Yeah. Um, Going to be a classic. Yep. Uh, they worked so well together before and it was so physical and uh, it will be again. Two out of three falls just means that we get it longer, yep. you know, which to me is even more. I do think to most people, this is the main event, even though it won't go on last. Yeah, I feel sorry for whoever has to follow this, though, because yeah. I'm not sure at what ways, point of the just, card it happens. Should this open? But, I almost wonder if it should open and then you do the six-man tag titles to calm people down. That might be all, a way to do it. All respect to that match. Uh, it's just that's the coldest match I think we have on this card. Yeah. Yeah. So unless this is the main you. event, I don't know where you put this match. Because anybody else yeah. that follows it, it's going to be cool. Like, I don't want the women to follow it. I don't want you to and, Gar and Garcia to follow it because of how slow that match is going to start off with. Mm -hmm. Maybe they get the back after, but I think there's not really a good match I can really see them following after. Maybe the, the star power of Lethal and Joe can help afterwards, but I don't know. Uh, maybe, this, excuse me, maybe the star power could, yeah, right. I think you could possibly, but even they're going to have trouble following it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just going to be such a banger. Yeah, you know, uh, it, that's the reason to put it on last is because no one's going to follow it. That's what people really want to see is that yeah. match. Yeah, so there you go. It's a great show. I'm uh, I hope it does Who good. Do you have winning? Uh, in that one, yeah, right. Oh, I thought I could skip it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I thought I you think, could sneak it past. I think FTR wins. I'm so back and forth. It's like I know you have the Briscoes under. Under long-term contract. I just imagine them with all the belts at all out. I just imagine that. I know. It's just, they have so much momentum. 
They have so much momentum. They're having such great matches, and they're so over with the crowd. I could see the Bucks screwing them. That's my only thing is I keep on going back that the Bucks will screw them out of the titles. Yeah, I guess that could happen. That yeah. could happen. Um, I don't know. I, on the other hand, the Briscoes, like I say, being under long-term contract, you got to do mm-hmm. something with them, and you got to give, yeah. you know. And the fact is, if the Briscoes win, then you could build to a third match, say six months yeah. or a year down the road. That's true. That's if, true. if FTR wins, uh, I, I don't think you could build to that match, even no matter how good this was. This so, I'm gonna go with Briscoes. It's a tight one, man. That, that's going to be such a good match. Yep. There, there is two matches on this card for sure. Three matches, really. Three matches on this card that have chances to be matches of the year between the Gresham and Claudio match, the Wheeler-Daniel Yuta match, and the FTR match. Those all have potentials to be match of the year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's a, those could be... It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a show... That, it's going to be everything SmackDown wasn't tonight. Yeah. It's going to be a pure wrestling show that's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. Uh, before we get out of here, two things. I'm going to do talk about Dungeon Wrestling when we get out of here, but because I haven't talked about it on the pod yet. But uh, G1 thoughts so far. G1 thoughts so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. Too many people in the tournament, 28. Because yeah. you have 28 yeah. people, you have some people that aren't uh, necessarily that great a worker. And, uh, you know, you got your bad luck follies and stuff like that in there. And these matches just aren't at G1 level. The G1 level is the bar is set, unfortunately impossibly high from in the past when you had such an incredible talent and Naito here he said it well he said it's nice to have all the foreigners but it speaks all the people from other promotion the foreigners and these people in the tournament but it speaks to the weakness right now of Japanese wrestling Mm -hmm. that they can't fill that with more Japanese performers and I think there's something to that Uh, largely it's been the same guys on top for a long, long time. Even in the mid-card, it's been the same guys largely on top for a long time. They have tried to elevate a few people, but elevating evil doesn't work, you know? No, so, we've learned uh, that. That, you know, that was the downfall. elevated Jay White, but, and Jay, Jay White is a, is a New Japan original, but he's not Japanese. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think while they have Okada and he's, you know, still young, uh, they need two or three more guys like that. Yeah. And then for Dungeon Wrestling, it was just, it was super fun. And it's, uh, it's cool to see Brett actually maybe crack a smile there. I think there's some good young talent there. With, uh, <laughs> no, that couldn't yeah, have happened. Small, small Brett smile. Hart smiled? Yeah, a little bit. It was cool to see Davey Boy. Uh, Raj, it was really fun to see him. He's a friend of the pod and get to see him in the ring. And man, he's great. He gets all the stuff done. And coming down with, with uh, Papa Raj, uh, Singh, the legend in Papa Singh. Oh, yeah. Gama Singh, that was that was really cool to see Gama Singh. We just missed him. We didn't get to meet Gama Singh. Uh, we were really hoping that we got to meet Gama. Uh, we didn't get to do that though. The great uh, Gama. Uh, Jermaine actually got to meet um, Diana uh, and take a picture with Diana and Davy Boy Jr. So that was the highlight for him. And then he got to go up to Brett That's cool. and tell Brett how much he meant to him as a kid. So I was really happy for him. Uh, you know, being this. You know, this kid that came from Miami and just like not like being in this cold city of Calgary and then bonding on the city because of what the hearts meant to him, just as this young kid coming from Miami. That was really cool to see my friend have that experience and my color commentator Mm -hmm. partner. Uh, So I was really happy for him to have that. And it was 
you and Joel have talked about this a lot, Mon. I have never had this feeling of like that WrestleMania feeling you said, but it was, it was just like explosive. Everyone loves wrestling and wants to talk about wrestling. And that was the best part about afterwards is we're just talking about the Sasha Banks stuff. We're talking about AW, Ring of Honor, NWA, old school Stampede, some of our favorite Brett matches. Just with we're backstage kind of talking to some of the wrestlers about it and some of their matches. That was so cool to have that feeling. And I have not had that as a wrestling fan in my life. And it was one of the career highlights for me is getting to be around that and kind of have that feeling and know like, oh man, I've loved this since I was three years old. Really hit the pinnacle when I saw Owen Wynn King in the ring and now to be around his family and talk to Brett's first wife for a second and talk to her about how much That's I love crazy. Owen. Julie Hart. Yeah, I talked to Julie Hart and talked to, talk to Blade and everything like that and tell them how much I loved Owen and him winning the King of the Ring was kind of what really sucked me in and or seeing him versus Coco on uh, the early uh, WWE days. Uh, so that was really, really cool for me. Sorry, it's Julie Hart, isn't it? Julia Hart's yeah. the one yeah. Uh, yeah, in AEW. That yeah. one confuses me. Yeah, Blade just came and was like, hey, this is my mom. I'm like, yeah, I know. I watch Wrestling with Shadows. <laughs> It's so funny because uh, about, oh, I don't know what it was, probably 10, 12 years ago, last time Raw was here in town. Yeah. It, it probably wasn't that long ago. It was probably seven years ago because uh, something like that because Daniel Bryan was just in the middle of uh, getting his singles push. He was with Kane as Dean Elmo. Yeah. And they were just starting to get the singles push. I remember and, that. And uh, he was in a match with Orton and uh, Orton and Kane, I believe, against The Shield. Yeah, and, and AJ uh, in their corner. Yeah, and they had Bret Hart Appreciation Night afterwards off air. Yeah. And uh, during Bret Hart Appreciation Night, uh, Julie was sitting close to us and oh, her really? and her daughter. Yeah, that her and her daughter, as soon as HBK came out, just booed him like you would. The crowd is at that point, they have, they have, the, they have you know, shaken hands and they've done a, you know, a show together talking about the rivalry and they put everything, they put everything to bed, Bret and Sean had. But Julie hadn't put it to bed yet. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not sure she ever will. She just went crazy with the booze. It was unbelievable. Her and I think it was her daughter with her or someone like that. I remember uh, I text Sean. I'm like, thank you, Sean. I never thought I'd see you here. You handled it with such great class. And then he was just like, it's like, yeah, there's a few more booze than I thought would happen. But I appreciate to hear from her, the Calgarian, because, you know, we've had the debate back in here. I think that was I'm all a Julie. little bit. I think I'm a little bit more of a Sean guy than a Brett guy. He says very oh. quietly in Calgary. But uh, talking oh, to Mo, it's close. talking to Mo Jabari, uh, he's convinced me of a lot of why I think Sean might be better. It's because Sean had that extra career and he got to face Kurt and he got to have that match with Eddie mm -hmm. uh, and he got to face Jericho. And if Brett got those matches, I probably would have thought differently. And I think Mo telling me that. Mm. Uh, I think I probably would have, and that's kind of changed my thought. And now I've gone back to watch Brett. And then from the A&D Rivals uh, uh, show that was on the other day, which has been surprisingly really good, uh, the A&D Rivals thing. The, the Brett and Sean one, like I thought I've seen everything, and I was really hesitant to watch it because I'm like, man, I've seen everything of Brett and Sean. I can't do this anymore. It was yeah. really good. But Sean admitted in there, Brett is the better wrestler. And then Brett said Sean's a better entertainer. And I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely the way you look at it. I mean, I mean, who's the best overall? Depends on what you like. Yeah. If you like, if you like sports entertainment, Sean's the best overall. If you like professional wrestling, Brett's the best overall. You know, for for that generation. 
So yeah, I mean, it just depends on what you prefer. For me, it's Brent, but it's, I'm also biased because, you know, hometown guy too, right? But uh, I mean, for me, it is Brent because I don't think Sean's, I don't think Sean's psychology as a heel wrestler, his personality was good as a heel. I don't think his psychology as a heel was nearly at the level where Brent's psychology was flawless throughout, no matter what role he played. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Um, until next time, folks, we'll be back next week talking uh, about whatever happens at MSG, uh, previewing uh, SummerSlam and previewing Ric Flair's last match and apparently the last show. <laughs> it's for got a David hell of a card. They built a hell of a card around it. I don't know if I'm going to yeah. watch it still. I, I'm, yeah. I'm back and forth, but hell yeah. of a card. All right, everyone, until next time, cheers and enjoy the matches, people.